This is Japan Nick. Tune into my show Friday night, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for music ranging from black thrash, speed metal, doom, sludge, and stoner metal. Check out my interviews at theaquarian.com, soundcloud.com slash japan-nick, and go to my website at japannick.com. Remember to like the Facebook page at Japan Nick's Rock and Metal Pandemonium. And follow me on Twitter at Japan Nick. Stay heavy. Okay, now we're in the third hour of the interview. It is September 25th, 2015. And this is Japan Nick interviewing the publisher of Machinery of the Human Heart, Danny May, Danny Simonisi. Hey there. And um, so what were your favorite parts from the last hour? Favorite parts from the last hour? I think um, talking about, um, I guess, the intentions behind this, um, like more in detail, I guess. Um, the reason why I put it um, out is because, you know, I kind of like wanted to reach people, I guess, in a way. Um, and I think uh, also uh, just looking through this zine right here, No Sleep, just pretty awesome. It's so great looking through other people's stuff, you know. Um, and I've actually never like seen like zines like this before. I've always seen, you know, the eight by eight by eleven folded in half. So it's great to see something like um, new with like a lot more uh, content, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, just I, I really just like this is t so stereotypical, but just like. As like a metalhead, I just have to say the stuff in the 80s and the early 90s, it was just, that was the golden age. But I feel like the late 80s, that was, the that was time. it. Yeah. I mean, just th those were the coolest days. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like um, whenever I come across like art or music or, or anything um, like vintage things from like late 80s, um, especially like in kind of like the metal world. I, I really just dig the aesthetic and uh, the sounds. I guess for you, like, what what would be a year that if you could wish for it, you, you'd get to relive that year now? Ooh, damn. <laughs> I'm talking like, say, like, don't be doing something like in the last two or three years. Do something like that be like 10 or 20 years ago or like, maybe older. I think maybe when I was... Maybe when I was four or when I was five. Um, I s actually still have, like, a crazy, crazy vivid memories from my childhood, actually. Mm -hmm. I remember being, like, in a field um, and uh, because uh, my, my grandfather um, on my dad's side flew model airplanes. Like, I still remember um, being in that field and, like, watching him fly these planes and there was, like, a green shed in the background. And this was from when I was, like, three. But um, I think, like, preschool was a really good year. I met, like, one of my mm. friends that I'm still friends with, and they were just very happy times when, you know, you're surrounded by um, just, like, a lot of love. And, like, there was this guitar player who used to come over with a harmonica and teach music lessons and singing lessons. And, like, um, I don't know. Preschool was just, like, really fun, and I want to do that. <laughs> but, I mean, like, what about, like, a year that was, like, before you were born – like say oh, I thought you meant like a year in my life. Wow. Yeah, okay. I mean like say like go back to like 1994 or something <laughs> at the age you're at now so you could actually like yeah. really enjoy it and experience it. Oh man, that would be that would be really crazy. Um yeah, because I'd love to know where um 
where the point that um, I guess art and and videos and um, I guess all of the uh, all of the styles and clothing like where they were when I was born and what I grew up with like what <laughs> led up to that and actually see the transition happen. Um, I definitely think that you know early '90s would be fun. Um, maybe like '80s because it was just such an outrageous yeah. time for fashion and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, yeah. and and people always say that, um, or like I've had a p- few people say to me that they could see me maybe chilling out at Woodstock, <laughs> and uh, that would have. I mean, like of course, I I feel like every musician would say that that would be an event that they would like to experience. Now, important question: the Beatles or the Stones? Ooh, you know what? I'm gonna go with the Beatles. Um, I, I grew up, I guess, mm-hmm. listening to them. Um. My father is actually very much like a classic rock fan, so yeah. there was a lot of that on the radio, um, and just like in the CD player, you know, blown through the speakers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually have um, a Beatles CD at home that I got when I was maybe seven, and I would wake up to it and listen to it. Uh, I actually really like uh, the Beatles, um, I guess, because they have such a sense of fun, I guess, you know, um, especially with like... Um, the octopus's garden, stuff like that. Uh, they they really just uh, wrote about whatever, you know? Because I feel like you come across some music and they tend to write about the same stuff, you know? Like, heartbreak or, like, this girl left me, um, which which is cool and, like, relatable. <laughs> but uh, it's really fun to have such, a, such um, concepts that are so out there being explored in, like, you know, like, one of, like, the biggest bands in the world at that time i mean it's just like i i have to like give a stark contrast just because i love the stones like oh, okay um so you're a stones fan yeah like i i got to see them once in japan and it was insane oh um, wow i remember like there was like this one italian girl that i was friends with named fede and like it was so cool, like listening to her like enthusiasm for the show because she mm-hmm. was just like, "You don't understand. We have to see the Stones." <laughs> and it was just like, "Yeah, this is gonna be awesome." That's so cool. Um, what kind of a venue was it? Was it like a small space? Oh no, like... it was like some monumentally gigantic so behemoth like, yeah. of a venue. So it wasn't it's like, like a, a little whoa. like private show. It was like a huge thing. This was know? a stadium show. Cool. This was Nagoya Stadium. That's that's beautiful. <laughs> and just crazy um i mean just i remember the last song was jumping jack flash Mm -hmm. there's not that much i remember but i mean it was just like good song to end with yeah i mean I, i love that song but so many people just like they really should check out goat's head soup let me introduce you to this song called can you hear the music it's Mm -hmm. it's really trippy i think you'd appreciate it cool thank you
Hey, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers for Rad. I'm here to remind you that drunk drivers are still a major killer of young adults in this country. So always choose a designated driver and remember, music lives, you should too. Getting born in the state of Mississippi, Papa was a copper and a mama was a hippie. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Anyways, back to the show. Now, um, Danny, where were we? Oh, yeah. Um, we were talking about uh, this song that you actually introduced me to, which was really great, by the way. Um, I definitely didn't like expect it to take the t- turn that it did. You know, you um, because the beginning of it is just flute and some drums, maybe, and it's uh, it doesn't really have a direct groove yet, and then things just take a spin, and it's almost like, like I guess... Um, I'm taking this term out of context, but, like, a drop, like, in a way, where all of a sudden it snaps into, like, a steady rhythm, you know. And I thought that was really cool, and uh, I think it's, like, really great uh, feel-good music. And that's something new, so uh, thank you for introducing me to that. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I remember checking that out. I think that was actually a recording from a special Japanese remaster that's... Put out by Universal Japan, uh-huh. super high medium. Right. That's pretty much where I got the nickname Japan Nick because I'd always be coming in with like these crazy pressings mm-hmm. or remasters of albums, and it's just I'd be like, "No, listen, man, you don't understand. Like, you got to get like the Japanese remastered." It's just like mm-hmm. I did that too many times, and I, I ended up with the nickname. Ah, uh. but uh, I mean, it's just like do get to see the Stones at least once. That's that's oh, something yeah. you need to do. Oh, definitely. I've only been to like a few concerts in my lifetime, and they're like newer, I guess, alternative bands. You know, I, I have a lot to learn in like the concert experience. I want to go to more. Well, I mean, it's just like when an adventure, when an opportunity for an adventure presents itself, you gotta take it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like. When it rains, it pours, and sometimes it's really, really dry. So, oh yeah, I take mean, things for when they come, you know. Oh, definitely. Actually, I, I was just uh, discussing that with somebody. Like, you know, when it rains, it pours. Um, sometimes there are a lot of opportunities all at once that come at you, and you're like, "Wow, how do I fit this all in?" And it's it's a delicate balance, I guess, when you do like um, both music and zines. And in your case, you know, radio shows and other projects and your zine collections and your passion for metal, it's like a lot, it's a lot to balance. Um, and you kind of have to find that, that happy medium where like, you know that, you know, you can't overbook yourself because I've done that so many times and I, I've learned from it. You know, you have to do what you can do when you can. And, uh, but as far as adventures go, um, sometimes there are a lot of opportunities all at once and, you know, you can't choose between them. Oh, now let me show you another great track. Yeah. This is Who I learned about this from a crazy Yakuza movie called Deadly Outlaw Rekka. Okay. Um, this is actually in my top ten list for uh my Yakuza movie list in Headsplit Zine Eight. Check mm-hmm. out this is a shorter track on here. Okay. But this is called Map. Stay okay. tuned to WMSC ninety point three. This is the Flower Traveling Band.
Estás escuchando a 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair 
y este mes estamos celebrando la riqueza de la cultura hispana. This is Real Cash. Hi, I'm Dell, host of Mind the Gap, where you can hear new emerging British artists like Childhood, Peace, The Mispers, and Eagles on 90.3 WMSC. But Mind the Gap is now moving to a new time. Sunday nights at 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Listen to the latest UK rock, brick pop favorites, and beyond. Listen at 90.3 FM, WMSCRadio.com, TuneIn Radio, or Live 365. That's Mind the Gap, new on Sunday nights, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Check it out. Hey, what's up? This is Japan Nick. Um, we're about halfway through the last hour of tonight's program with Danny from Machinery of the Human Heart. Now, Danny, like taking a look at some of those zines, mm-hmm. what, what are some other ones that just catch your eye and just scream out, come on, pick me up and talk about me? Right, okay. Oh, gosh. Hmm. Uh, okay, this one, I think, is like, I'm going to pick my favorite title, um... Art in the Mortician's Diary. That's interesting as heck. <laughs> I like that. Um, I'd like to see the content, like what that's about. I think that would be really cool. Of like, yeah, yeah, pick it out. I think it's, it's over in here. There. Yeah. Oh gosh, let me find it. Um, so we also have Chapel of Ghouls and Robbing the Grave, and let's try and find. Hmm. Is it this one? Does it say Mortician's Diary on it? Mortician's Diary? I haven't found one so far. Um, We have Dissonance right here, which is also pretty cool. Wait, Rob in the Grave. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah. Just keep it going, uh... Cool. Um, So this one is called Dissonance, and I really like it. I really like the font. It's like a... It's not quite um, Times New Roman. Ah, the Mortician's Diary. Sorry about that. Okay, cool. Ooh, I like this already. Okay, so um, it actually looks very much like a mortician's diary, and I think this is like my favorite thing that I've like seen so far. Wow. Okay, so um, one of the things that I like about this is that it actually looks like a mortician's diary. Um, you have like an image of like a scalpel and like fine, you know, cutting tools and things like that on the side, um, and then you know. It's handwritten, like, so it's, like, a mortician's diary and, like, Sharpie, you know? And uh, there's, like, a lot of squiggles and cool stuff like that. Um, I I really love, like, the handwritten feel of that. I I feel like it makes it more, like, intimate. Um, There are, I think, like, one of my favorite uh, forms or um, techniques in drawing is more, like, uh, dealing with, like, squiggly stuff. Um, I really like that a lot. Um, I have so much respect for, like, very clean-cut art, but, um, I, I really, really love the, like, messier, like, really awesome, like, expressive, uh, stuff, and this is definitely here. Um, there's one page here that says Dead World, and, um, there's kind of, like, a creature, like, almost, like, leaking out of a pipe at the top that's, like, really creepy and has, like, antlers, and it says evil not dead, and then, there's an axe and it says raining blood and then there's like a skeleton in the middle of a field like with an axe like hacking and there's like dead bodies and it's really well done because like you know you see like 
every single blade of grass is drawn in, and, and that takes, like, a lot of patience and time, and wow. And uh, this definitely looks like a mortician's diary or, like, a sketchbook, you know? Um, wow, this is, this is great, and I actually, I think I'm going to have to go run out and get one of these. <laughs> yeah, and uh, have you ever gotten to take a look at the obituary column zines? Ooh, no, but that sounds like another thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, let just, me see if just, I can find it here. Yeah, just keep them coming, because, like, I, wow, this is great. Um, I've never seen, like, zines in this format before, because, you know, I, I just kind of dived into zines without really knowing a lot about, you know, uh, zines that have come before me, and it, it's great to be learning, you know, now. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I was fortunate to come into... A very nice collection mm-hmm. all at once oh, and wow. it was just like another thing I did was when I went to Portland I, I, I really really stripped the stores bare when it yeah. came to the scenes it was just like I tried to be good and not take more <laughs> yeah. than one copy if there were more than one copy but I mean it was just like come on right, you yeah. gotta take them all it's like Pokemon it's understandable I mean if I were in Portland I'd probably do the same thing um, it, it was just amazing being out there. But, um, I mean, just, like, the zine stores, like Blackwater Records, I loved the most. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was Everyday Music, which was all right. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I can't remember the others, but I remember Blackwater was my favorite. Yeah. Cool. Man, so I guess these are all good titles to keep in mind so that if I go to Portland one day, I can just have a grand old time going, like, zine hopping, I guess, buying records, zines, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I will need to, like, have, I don't know, I'll need to drive a bus home. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's just, like, travel very lightly when you're going to go on a vacation because... Oh yeah. You run the risk of having your suitcase explode. No. If you don't watch it. Oh man. <laughs> no, um yeah, I've had to learn the art of that over the years because like I I haven't toured, but it's something that I really want to do in the future. But um as far as traveling, like everything from like high school band trips to, you know, the road trip that I took um with my friend this summer. Uh it, I feel like you know, when there's less stuff to worry about, you can have, like, a better time, and everything's more organized, and you know where everything is at all times, and it's just easier. But then you're, like, let's say, like, towards the end, you're, like, oh, but I need some souvenirs, and then it's just, like, <laughs> you look around, and you're, like, I don't need a couple. I need, like, all of them. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, you know? Yeah. Like, impulse control, like, on that part. Um, yeah, and especially... Especially if it's zines or records, something of that kind. And if it's a really, really amazing deal, it's like, if somebody's giving you an offer you can't refuse, it's like, that's a tough well, one. you can't refuse it then, so you, you're going to have to take the plunge. Yep. And then here you are with um, a very uh, explosion-prone suitcase <laughs> on the way yeah. home. And uh, if it explodes, it's going to rain down zines and skulls and blood. But if it doesn't, you'll come back with a treasure trove of amazing stuff. True, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So take the risk. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Now, why don't we check out another song? Sweet, I'm down. Hmm. Let me see. What genre are you thinking? 
Um, hmm. I'm thinking some industrial stuff from the early 90s. Ooh, sweet. I dig it. Hmm. That's uh, that's actually really cool. Oh, and... this, this is going to be great. This is Excessive Force with one of the most amazing guitarists in industrial metal. This was Gunter Scholz. He um, pretty much was my favorite guitarist till I learned about Mike Scotia. Right. Um, just so, listen to this. So it's going to be like really technical and awesome. Like I can't wait to hear this. This, this, <laughs> is, this is wild.
And that was um, a double shot of rigor mortis. Um, we heard Ludus Magnus and Vampire. Now, Danny, um, with the time we have left, go on about uh, different parts of uh, your zine that you feel like you should have given some airtime to earlier. But Oh, definitely, yeah. Okay, let's take a look through. Um, I'm going to talk about these lyrics that I mentioned earlier that I wrote for a friend, I guess. Um, it's a song that I wrote, like, maybe a year or two ago, but I still play it all the time, and it, it still kind of sticks around uh, in my mind. Um, I, I think this is where the more, I guess, where I tried to put uh, more genuine feelings into the zine as opposed to creating, like, that author persona, which was fun, but I also, like, you know, like, really, like, or to try to be deep and, like, you know, open about, like, feelings and stuff. Um... As the organ starts to drone its long and mournful tones, take my hand and never let go. As the double doors swing open, as she makes her journey home, I promise you, today you won't be walking out alone. And, uh, that is actually, um, it has, like, a lot of meaning to me, I guess. Um, and, uh, the way that I wrote the song, um, and was that, uh, I kind of wanted to mimic the sounds of a pipe organ resounding, like, in a cathedral so I took some chords that were gen generally like heard, I guess, um, in like like funerary marches, things like that, and uh, I tried to incorporate the theory used in those kinds of works um, in this, that song that I wrote. Um, and I had a lot of like fun writing it. I guess not like fun as in like playful fun, but you know, um, it's just good to write something and like look back at it and really enjoy it. Um, so I guess that's why I used an organ for the backing of the first panel. Um, Did it feel like really kind of like maybe spiritually enriching or something like that? Yeah, um, I'm actually not really a religious person, but like I, um, I've seen like a few people, I guess, pass in my lifetime. And it was kind of like my way of, I guess, um, expressing those feelings and stuff like that. Because um, I think it's something that everybody deals with, you know, losing like loved ones and things like that. And uh, so that's why I put that in there. But um, and then we have something completely different in the middle, uh, which is called the fun house. <laughs> and now we actually get to real fun that isn't just like wordplay and things like that. And um, we have uh, basically a lot of things that you might see in a fun house, or maybe not. <laughs> but uh, we have this creature with a top hat. And actually, these uh, you'll notice a bunch of distorted images of a person along the bottom. I actually had this shirt that had Gerard Way's face on it, and I took the shirt, and wow. I, like, crumpled it in uh, different ways to make his face look different and kind of funny. And, uh, wow. Yeah. Like, so I had fun with that. <laughs> like, it, you have such a different personality, like, with the zine when it's in color. It's it's so different. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I'd, I'd love to release this in color, I, I guess, sometime. Again, it's so much money. It's so much ink, but it would be worth doing. Um, another thing that you see is, like, the background for this page. Like, if you have the zine yourself, it's all black and white. Um, on the Funhouse page, there's pink. The word fun is, like, bright blue and pink and yellow and green. And the Chihuahua stickers are all yellow. <laughs> And then there's a creature with, like, green lips, but you don't really see any of that in the actual copy. Because um, I, I really made everything um, with the notion of, okay, this is going to transfer to uh, black and white. So how, what what shade of gray is that going to transfer to? But as a result, the colors are actually kind of cool looking. Um, so I guess those are the parts of the zine that I'd really like to talk about, so...
or that I yeah. paid some more justice to. Um, I see. Now, for you, like, after going through all these zines, do you feel like you've gotten any ideas on maybe changing some ideas you had and maybe doing something a little bit different? Yeah, um, I've actually thought about having consistent characters and more sections of it that are consistent that you will see throughout, you know, the coming issues that are definites. But then again, that's tricky because, you know, I feel like I'd also be, like, limiting myself and because, you know, people change all over time and zines are bound to. So if you say that, you know, this thing about the zine is going to be the same forever and people get used to that and then you change it, um... You know, like, sometimes you don't always get the best reaction. But I guess at the same time, I shouldn't be too worried about that. So I guess um, in the future, I'd like to incorporate more characters, um, and more stories, I guess, being told. Kind of like the comic strip um, that I had with the lyrics going on. Because I really enjoyed making that and, and trying to reach for the images that um, I had in mind. I see. Um, final words. Final words. Okay. Um, I'm going to try and maybe uh, say something, I guess, to sum up maybe my philosophy. Um, I guess take what speaks to you and uh, learn from it and learn from other people and keep an open mind and uh, reach out and um, put good things into the world and um, try and make it, I guess, maybe a brighter place and everybody has their own contributions and everybody does that in their own way and you have to figure out what that is for you, I guess. And um, I guess that's really it. Uh, thank you so much, Nick, for having me on the show. Like, I had so much fun talking. I was so nervous beforehand, yeah. but now this is just, like, cool, you know? Yeah, now you can um, maybe uh, inspire some more uh people in the tri-state area to kind of like maybe create like a zine alliance or something oh yeah oh my gosh i would oh my gosh i would so join that in like two seconds you um, might need to create it yourself oh my god yeah like oh. i mean it's just like some things it's just like if you really care for it like i mean some things you you need to dig yeah you need to m make the first step you know like one thing that i've had in mind that I'm not sure if I'll ab be able to do yet with um, my schedule and all of these projects that I have to do, like, on a weekly basis for my classes. But, like, one thing that I've had in mind that I feel like is needed um, is, like, a, a safe space um, kind of thing where people of all genders, of all, like, sexualities, mm -hmm. all backgrounds, and um, all races can kind of come together and respect one another and make art together. And I mm -hmm. think that would be a really awesome thing. Um, and I feel like, you know, not everybody has that, like, at home or at school, and it would be nice to create that and, um, you know, talk with new people. And because uh, I feel like that's really important for, um, for in order for art to be made, um, is that you feel safe in the space in which you are creating mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, when you're safe, you, you'll be I feel more like confident and you'll feel braver to really speak your mind. Yeah, definitely. And um, and I think, you know, that it's, it's really valuable, you know, to have. Um, and I, I guess I mean safe as in, like, you know, like where everybody just comes together and really respects one another for their experiences and for um, their contributions and backgrounds and, and culture. Alrighty then. Well, help me out with uh, reading a story from Japan Times. 
Okay. <laughs> okay, come here. This is a story from Kuala Lumpur. Oh, gosh, what is it about? <laughs> Malaysian police arrest three over suspected terror plot. Oh, my. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Kuala Lumpur. Um, Malaysian authorities have arrested three people, including a Syrian and an Indonesian national, on suspicion of planning terror attacks against domestic and foreign targets, police and news reports said Friday. The announcement came a day after the U.S. and Australian embassies had warned their citizens to avoid a popular Kuala Lumpur um, tourist area on Thursday due to an unspecified security threat. The detainees were planning to attack important national assets, Western assets, and public spots, a statement by Deputy Inspector General of Police Noor Rashid Ibrahim said. The statement did not specify their nationalities, but Malaysian news outlets quoted Noor Rashid later telling reporters they were a Malaysian, a Syrian, and an Indonesian. The police statement said that one of the foreigners had traveled frequently to Yemen. On Thursday, the U.S. and Australian embassies warned citizens to stay away from Jalan Alor, an outdoor dining strip in central Kuala Lumpur that is packed nightly with foreigners and locals. Uh, Malaysian news outlets quoted... Okay, there we go. Wait, where am I? The operation is a result from information obtained from suspects arrested previously, the police statement said. Muslim majority in Malaysia practices a moderate brand of Islam and has not seen any notable terror attacks in recent years. But concern has risen in the multi-faith nation over growing hardline Islamic views and the country's potential as a militant breeding ground. Authorities say dozens of Malaysians have traveled to Syria to fight for the radical Islamic Islamic State group in its civil war there, and they warned they may need to s may seek to return home and import its ideology. Yeah, um, I wasn't really prepared to speak, I guess, on a political front um, today, or uh, I guess um, to read so much stuff and uh, give reactions to them. So um, I would like to do some more reading before I voice anything, I guess, on the matter. Um, I guess I can continue, I guess, talking about some of... Okay, so um, I'm just going to talk about just a few more of my influences, things like that. I have a comic with me, um, again, from the creator of Invader Zim called Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. And it's, like, basically this really outrageous character that, um... I don't know. Uh, you really have to read the comic to get it, but is in all these strange social situations and stuff. And uh, it's kind of like humorous and dark in a way. And then there are these really mini comics um, that I really like. There's one called Wobbly Headed Bob that's basically about this little bear creature who like um, is so sophisticated and like so pretentious that it ruins his relationships with other people. And like, but it's presented in like a really humorous way, I guess, um, where you know the things he's saying are obviously like super exaggerated and like nobody would ever say them in real life. Um, I guess another thing that I really like about this is, I guess, the style, um, the way that the text and the word bubbles are, are really, like, handwritten, 
And again, um, since it's from the same creator of Invader Zim, I think you get kind of the feel that it is also a satire on, I guess, uh, humanity. <laughs> um, so I definitely got some of the styling from that and some of my love for like colors like bright pink contrasting with, you know, with like black and gray and, and green. Um, and uh, another thing that really inspired me was Tim Burton movies. Uh, I, I think I saw The Nightmare Before Christmas for the first time when I was in eighth grade. So about that, um, I really love the music. Danny Elfman, like I have so much like respect for him as a composer and um, playing with so many different like, I guess auditory textures and things like that really uh, set the set the mood for all of those movies. But I think uh, my favorite one is Corpse Bride. Because, you know, I feel like there's a juxtaposition between the, uh, between the overworld and then there's the underworld. And the underworld is uh, ironically more colorful, you know, than the way we typically depict the dead, which is really interesting. Yeah, like I remember just seeing that in Japan with subtitles. It was kind of crazy. Um, but just, did, what did you like better, The Nightmare Before Christmas or The Corpse Ride? Oof, that's really tough because they're all—they're both special in their own ways. Um, Corpse Bride was definitely more clean cut in the animation with you know the advancement of technology and the style it was done in. Um, it really depends on. Oh, I, I feel like I love them both equally for different reasons. Like I love Corpse Bride for the beautiful like um, I guess music and like choreography of the characters, and I like Nightmare. Uh, before Christmas for all the character designs I think were fantastic and and funny and dark and whimsical all at the same time. I see. Now, is there one other thing you want to add? Because we do need to wrap it up. the uh, show off soon. Okay, doke. Um, I just want to add that uh, I guess I had a lot of fun today and that's what matters I think in mm. life is that you have fun um, <laughs> mm. and you just go for what you love and don't look back. So uh, thank you so much, Nick, for having mm -hmm. me on the show. I had so much fun, and I'm honored to be here and be interviewed. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Like, I've been wanting to support people, like, in the zine community for some time. And it's just, like, I mean, straight up, there's so few people in the zine community that are actually making physical copies of stuff. And I mm -hmm. really feel like that is very much worthy of respect and admiration. So <laughs> thumbs up to you for thank actually, you so like, much. keeping this thing alive you know oh thank you i yeah i try to <laughs> yeah you're doing a good job too like i can't wait to see what you're coming up with thanks next so much. for that fourth issue 